Well, this evening, if you would, open your Bibles to the scripture that has the word Corbin in it. I don't hear any pages rattling. It's in the New Testament. <laughs> Still don't hear your pages rattling. Well, three or four days ago, I, I didn't either. So uh, turn to the book of Mark, chapter 7. We see the word Corbin there. It's only used one time in the scriptures. Uh, there is another word <clears throat> that's a, the same Greek word of this used in the New Testament, but it's not, it's not uh, translated Corbin. And there is an Old Testament word that seems to be uh, uh, a, a synonym of what this would be. <clears throat> so Mark chapter 7, and let's read, uh, start in verse 9. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your traditions. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say, a gift by whatever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye permit him no more to do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your traditions which ye have delivered, and many such things do ye. So I found this to be very interesting. I've never noticed the word Cor Corbin before, but I had certainly read this, honor, follow thy mother, and the days be long. And Chuck, I never did, I never did know what it meant. I knew, well, it can't mean this, but I never did know what it meant. I believe the Lord has revealed it to us. So what, what does it mean? <clears throat> honor thy father and thy mother, and, and this. So, and hold your place here in Mark 7. We'll be coming back here a lot. I want to go first to Exodus chapter 20, and I hope I can get through this. I do not want to make it in two parts. So, uh, Exodus chapter 20. <clears throat> this is, I'm very excited about this. Very interesting to me because I didn't know what it meant. So, Exodus 20, as we go back into the law of Moses, one of the many uh, commandments, Exodus chapter 20. And uh, verse 12, of course, before that, we have, you know, the six days and, and the Sabbath. And so here in, in uh, verse 12, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, and so forth and so on. So honor thy father and thy mother is one of the 613 commandments or something like that. But that your days may be long? Does that mean daylight savings time, we got more daylight? I don't think it means that. Well, it, does it mean that you will live longer? What does it mean? It's a commandment that your days may be long. And uh, so then if one does not, honor the father and the mother, then according to this, days wouldn't be long. 
Does that sound reasonable? So Exodus chapter 21. So why, why would you not live long if you didn't abide by this commandment? Well, Exodus 21 and uh, verse 15. <clears throat> Exodus 21, 15. And he that smiteth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. Okay, so they have a death penalty. Days are not going to be long. And then verse 17, And he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. So we can see a little connection there. Honor thy mother and thy father that your days be long. Because if you don't, be put to death. Death penalty. You say, well, that might be a pretty strong Nevertheless, that's what we see. So then, I'm going to go right back to our, our text there in uh, Mark 7 and 9. I'm just going to read it again. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother. We just read that. Whoso curseth his father or his mother, let him die to death. It carried the death penalty with it. But ye say, if a, but ye say, and they're saying this out of the heart through the mouth, by the way. But ye say, if a man shall say to his father or his mother, it is Corban, that is to say, a gift by whatever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free, which is added, by the way. And ye permit him, uh, well, we'll just stop there at, at verse 11. So uh, Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother, curse him, be put to death. But ye say, if a man say to his father or his mother, it is Corban. By, uh, Corban, that is to say, a gift by whatever thou mightest be profited by me. So what does it mean? Uh, I think we all know, well, what it doesn't mean. But what does it mean? What's the teaching? Again, I don't believe it's put in here just to take up space. It's for our learning and our admonition. But I haven't, and I like to ask questions because that's how I study. I read something and I ask myself a bunch of questions and I pray the Lord will reveal them <laughs> to us. But I have another question. Why is this located here in the scriptures? We read a few verses. Let's, go, let's see where it's situated. Let's go back to previously before, the, or uh, prior, some scriptures prior before this. In, in chapter 7, let's start in verse 1. And we'll see the subject. And then we want to ask ourselves, why is our lesson located where it is? So, <clears throat> then came... Together unto the Pharisees, a certain of the scribes who came uh, from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with, def uh, with defiled, that is to say, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and, and all the Jews, except they wash their hands often, eat not, holding the traditions of the elders. And when they came from the marketplace, 
or when they come to the marketplace, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there are which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and pots and brass vessels and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites. As it is written, The people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. However, in vain do they wash at me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things ye do. So we see what was before this, talking about what, uh, eating with unwashed hands. That's what it's talking about. Then our text talks about honoring father and mother. And then, as we, uh, uh, verses 14 through 20, kind of explains this washing of the hands and so forth. So, uh, well, let me just read it too, I guess. So, verse 14, this is what follows. Our, our text, is, by the way, is about this honoring Corbin, honoring the father and mother and so forth. So we see, right before that, talking about eating with unwashed hands, tradition. So then right after our text, we'll read in verse 14. And when he had called all the people to him, he said to them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from outside of a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile man. So nothing going in defiles a man. That would mean, apparently, uh, catfish, pork, swine, bacon, ham, tenderloin, pork chops, spare ribs. Anybody hungry? <laughs> so going in, now these were all things that under the letter of the law of Moses, they were not allowed to eat. And I don't want to get too far off the subject, but I want to get you thinking on that. But he says, nothing going in defiles a man. And he says, <clears throat> we start out there, he says, uh, hearken to me, every one of you, and understand. Understand something. That which goeth in doesn't defile man, but that which goes out. If any man hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered uh, into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning his parable. And he said to them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatever thing from outside entereth into the man cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the stomach, and goeth out uh, into the drought, uh, purge all foods. 
And he said, that which cometh out of the mouth, or, I'm sorry, that which cometh out of the man defileth the man. So, uh, and, and Matthew reads just a little different, and uh, uh, let me go ahead and mention that. Matthew says, uh, that which cometh out of the heart through the mouth defileth a man. So Matthew uh, has just a little more information. Talks about the heart, out of the heart, through the mouth. What comes out of the mouth? Words, doctrine, teaching. He said that's how defiled, but not to eat with unwashed hands. So, uh, so we see our text, we see what's before it, eating with unwashed hands. We see what's after it, explanation of eating with unwashed hands and, and what it does or doesn't do. But then our text is just kind of stuck right there in the middle of that. So let's, let's talk about this uh, eating with unwashed hands and so forth. And, and the Pharisees made a big deal of this. They accused the Lord and his disciples. You know, why you break the traditions of the fathers, eat with unwashed hands. Why would they make a statement like this? Just out of the blue? Did they have reason to have this thought process? And the answer is yes. Um, have you, um, well, have you heard the expression, cleanliness is next to godliness? We've all heard that. You can't find it, but we've all heard that. So where did they come up with this? Just So uh, Psalms chapter 18. Psalms uh, 18. We'll see that they, uh, you know, where they would, and this, by the way, you can read a lot of scriptures on this. We're just going to read, I think, maybe two. Psalms 18. And twenty. The Lord rewarded the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me. So if we look at that, sounds pretty important. We talk about rewards. This says in the scriptures, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me. I, uh, if you go out to eat with me, sit down at the table, get the menu and everything, and when I hand the menu back, either I go to the restroom and wash my hands, or I get out the hand sanitizer. And if I use a salt shaker, if it's just a regular salt shaker, I'll put a napkin around it and salt my stuff. A lot of them got this sea salt where you got to grind it and everything. So doing a napkin grinding is kind of a mess. So after I get through, I use the hand sanitizer. I started this several years ago, way before COVID. So my hands are really clean. So if I'm sitting to eat with somebody and they don't do that, I handle the old dirty menu that everybody's touched, 
and the salt shaker and, and all that stuff that everybody's touched, am I going to get more rewards in heaven? He says that uh, according to the cleanness of my hands had he recompensed me, wouldn't that give you motive to, to really wash and clean your hands? You, the Pharisees and the scribes had the Old Testament. They had what we have. And then go down to verse 24. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands and his eyesight. I remember Sister Myrtle, she, one thing was a pet peeve of hers, and I had to really be careful around her. Dirty hand, dirt on your fingernails. So if I was around Myrtle, I always made sure. That, not, not scripturally, just a pet peeve of hers. But this, again, if the Lord rewards according to the cleanness of my hands, would that give you reason to have your hands clean? Chuck, I've worked on cars before. You work around engines, stuff like that. You get that down in your uh, fingerprints, stuff like that. It just has to wear off. You can't get it all out of there. <clears throat> so would an automobile mechanic have less rewards? Well, they wear gloves now, so maybe not. I don't know. But you see, by looking at this, earthly sense where it would lead. You see where the Pharisees could come up with this? Tradition? Psalms 24 and uh, verse 3. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Is this valuable? Is this important? Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Who? He who hath clean hands. Pure heart, not lift up his soul into vanity or sworn deceitfully. So Pharisees and scribes having these scriptures, and there's many more, but I think you kind of get the picture here. You can see where they come up with this clean hands. That's how you stand before the Lord. Clean hands. That's how you're recompensed. That's how you're rewarded according to the cleanness of your hands. So I can see how the Pharisees, uh, looking at this, would come up with their traditions. So if we look at this with earthly wisdom, we can see how they come up with the traditions of man. Now, it's in the scriptures. We read it. And again, there's plenty more in there. So, uh, with all my sanitizing, washing hands and everything, do I get a better reward than somebody that doesn't? More reward? Is that what it's based on? Like I said, a lot of times, we might not know what something means but we know what it doesn't mean. It can't mean that. But yet this is what the Pharisees had, and that's why uh, uh, we had them say what they did. This is traditions of men. And uh, uh, let's go back to Mark, back to our text again, Mark 7. <clears throat> so this is what 
they said, hey, disciples, they're not washing their hands. Or any, and, and many such traditions. So then, in verse 6, our Lord said, after they'd talked about washing hands and everything, and, and the, his disciples didn't do it and everything, verse 6, he answered and said to them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as is written, This people honors me with their lips, but the heart is far from me. Boy, isn't that so true today as you, as you maybe see some of this on television or something or, or hear it or whatever. Boy, they honor him with their lips. How much they love Jesus, how good God is, and so forth and so on. But the heart, what they really believe, and they don't, they don't see. Well, I don't know, some of them, I wonder if they do or not, but I can't pass judgment on that. But their heart is really far from him. We know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But in their heart, oh, how much I love Jesus. And he wants everybody to be saved, but he's going to lose some. He came down here to, to set a walk, and if you follow his walk, you'll make it. So you see how their heart is far from him? Verse 7, however in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Now, they, were, they worship him by cleaning their hands and, and the pots and pans and vessels. They worship him that way. Cleanliness next to godliness, or one of the scriptures that we actually read. But they're worshiping in vain. Verse 8, for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things ye do. So they lay aside the commandment of God for the traditions. Again, not really understanding, but nevertheless, uh, they do that. In the washing of pots and pans and their hands, Leaving the commandments of God, going to the tradition of men, but also that that verse uh, not, or verse nine, and he said, and he said unto them, "For well you reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition." That's for the washing of hands, and also loving or honoring the father and the mother. That applies for this too. So we see what's before it, our text, washing hands and so forth. After our text, the explanation, uh, it's not, our Lord said, it, it's, it's not uh, eating with dirty hands and pots and pans. That's not it. It's what's in the heart and comes out of the mouth, what it says in Matthew. I can't remember the scripture, but uh, out of the heart, through the mouth. That's what defiles. Not with eating with unwashed hands. What about not honoring father and mother? Uh, verse 14, let's, let's take another peek at this. Verse 14, And when he had called all the people 
And to him he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. So here's some words, it's important words. Pay attention. Hearken to me. I want you to understand this. Verse 15. There is nothing from outside of a man that entering into him can defile him. So, the swine, the pork chop, catfish, those, those uh, Jews uh, would never eat a pork chop or anything. I remember, uh, I better not tell the stories, get me, get me too long. Uh, a particular Jew would eat things that he wasn't supposed to. It wasn't pork, but they're only, Jew, well, here I go. They're only supposed to eat a certain uh, front quarter of the beef. The hindquarters they were not to eat. But this old guy, his name was Zelik. And uh, so I'm in Columbus at a packing house. And, good, and this, the owner of this packing house would supply meat for them for their lunch and everything. Until they got greedy and said, well, won't you buy us bread and all this stuff too? But anyway, so if Zelik saw a good-looking T-bone steak, which is from the hindquarter, he would eat it. Maybe not pork, <laughs> but anyway. So... Uh, I shouldn't have told that story and get off my, my track here. Uh, so he says, I understand. There's nothing from outside of a man entering to him can defile him. Now, they, they knew the commandments about not eating pork and catfish and, and all those different things. They knew that, but they didn't really understand there's nothing uh, outside of a man entering to him can defile him. But the things which cometh out of him, those are they that defile man. And again, Matthew says, out of the heart, through the mouth. The doctrine, the teaching, that's what defiles him. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Did the Pharisees have ears to hear? Well, for the most part, no, because he told them, my sheep hear my voice, so forth and so on. Some of them uh, did, of course. Nicodemus, I believe, did. Uh, 17, and when he was entered into the house from the people, his, his disciples asked him concerning the par parable. And he said unto them, are ye so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever things from outside ends into the man, it cannot defile him? whether he eats with dirty hands or pork or catfish. He said, that's not it. I know about the letter of the law and so forth. He says, because it entered not to his heart, but into the stomach and goeth out into the drought, purges, uh, purging all foods. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. And again, Matthew says, out of the heart through the mouth. Uh, in fact, it says, uh, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile man. I don't think we should omit that scripture in Matthew when our Lord, if you have, I don't necessarily like the red letter version of the Bible. I think it's all inspired word of God. But if you have a red letter version, it says, okay, this is the words of Christ. The other is true as well. But it's, it, it, the, it's the Lord's words. He says, uh, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile man. So our Lord said, if you have a red letter version, he'll say, out of the heart, through the mouth, 
That's what defiles. What comes out through the mouth? So uh, uh, you can be thinking on what comes out of the mouth of the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the legalists today. So if we view this clean hands with earthly wisdom, what do you have? We read it here. If you view this with earthly wisdom, as the Pharisees did, what do you have? Well, we, we, we see where it led the Pharisees. Now, our text, honoring the father and mother, what do we have if we view this with earthly wisdom? What do you have? I know knew a lady passed away one year ago today. She was 103 years old. A long life. Does that mean? And no doubt. And I love this woman. No doubt she did honor her father and her mother in the earthly sense. But you say, boy, 103, she must have really honored her father and her mother. If we look at it with earthly wisdom. Dolores, we knew a little boy, grandson and son of some people we knew in Alabama, eight or nine years old, and he died. Of cancer. So, did he curse his mother and father that he died at such an early age? And I, and I knew this family, and he loved his mother and his father and his grandfather and grandmother. But if we look at it with earthly wisdom, you see where we end up? Well, she died at 103 years old. She really loved, honored her father and mother. But this, this little boy, eight or nine years old, he must have cursed them. I've known other people at different ages. But as you see, if you look at it with earthly wisdom, what do you have? You, okay, you could look at uh, in one family. Maybe there's a large family. Look at the siblings. The ages that they pass away, is that a gauge on how much they honor their father and their mother? The more they honor them? So is that, is that where it leads us? Let's read our text again, Mark 7 and 9. Well, yeah, and he said to them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own traditions. And again, own traditions versus washing and also honoring mother and father. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, Whoso curses father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, if a man say to his father or mother, it is Corban. That is to say, a gift by whatever thou mightest be profited by me. So, verse 9 tells them, said, you reject the commandments of God. You've got your traditions and everything. 
You've got your traditions about washing hands and everything, and we know where they picked that up from. You've got your traditions about uh, Corbin. But you're rejecting the commandments of God. Both traditions here is talking about, and even more, it says many such things. But the washing of hands and Corbin, a mother and father, tradition, as it says here. Now, we read in the law, honor thy father and thy mother, a days may be long. Verse 10, for Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother, we read, Whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. We read about that, living long and so forth. But this says, whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. Can anybody give me a list of the curse words that would cause you to die the death? I've... I th things are different nowadays, but I've heard some little kids say some, some things that I wouldn't have lived through if I said to my parents. But can you give me a list of cursing the father and the mother? What words would cause you to die the death? The words curseth, cursing, cursed, uh, used about 200 times in the scriptures. But this word here, uh, this Greek word, it's only used two times. Now, there's other, all the, you can read, but this, this curse here is different. And I, I love it when, we, when I see that, all these other words, curse, 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 and everything, about 200 of them. And you see this, this one particular place, it's only used twice. And one of them is curseth. Uh, so again, can you give me a list of words that they would use to curse them that would cause them to die the death? I mean, that would be pretty important to know if we looked at it with earthly wisdom. Uh, so this word curseth comes from two words. The first, the first word that makes up curseth means something said out of the mouth. That's, that's one of the definitions of this, of this word. Something said out of the mouth. That's one of the words that this word curseth come from. But does that word out of the mouth bring something to your remembrance that we just said? Out of the heart, through the mouth? So, and then the second word, so one is to, out of mouth, to speak it. That's curseth. That makes sense. That would make up that word curseth. So the other word that makes up curseth, or where it comes from, is worthless, depraved, bad, evil. So curseth, curseth would be to speak evil, worthless, depraved about mother and father. 
the other word, well, let's, verse 11. So we, we talk about curseth. Uh, whosoever curseth, we know what that is now, to speak evil, die the death. And verse 11. But ye say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban. So, again, what's so bad about Corban? Again, Corban only used one time. Uh, the Greek word it comes from is used another time, which means treasury, but Corban used one time, and it's in her text. So what does Corban mean? I didn't know three or four days ago, had no idea, never, don't recall reading it. <clears throat> but this is a bad thing, right? But ye say, if a man shall say to his father, it is Corban. Now, the word didn't say it, but the Lord, he said, but if you say that, it is Corban. <clears throat> so what, is, what does Corban mean? It is a, <clears throat> and this is interesting that we, we should study this more. But Corban is an offering, and it's a volunteer offering. It's not like <clears throat> when they reached a certain age, they were to give a half shekel silver. That wasn't Corban. That's what they were commanded to do. This is not that. This is not tithing. This is an offering, a volunteer offering. In other words, they didn't have to do it. It wasn't a commandment in that sense. So it's a voluntary offering, <clears throat> a consecrated present to the temple fund. And this is really interesting. And there is a, a Hebrew word in the Old Testament that's equivalent to this Corban. And again, certainly it would uh, merit more study on that. But what this word means, it's a voluntary offering, a consecrated, that was set apart, present to the temple fund. So what they would do, and again, this is interesting and, and worthy of more study, but they would pay into this, and again, you could study it in the Old Testament too with the equivalent word. But they would pay into the temple fund or treasury to care for mother and father. So that was, that was Corbin. They would, didn't have to, but they would pay a fund and into the treasury of the temple... And it was to be used to take care of the mother and the father. And they'd say it's, it's Corbin. It didn't have Social Security and these other types of things. So this was something voluntary, wasn't commanded to do. Corbin. Pay this into the treasury. So <clears throat> verse 11 and, and I'll read it in its entirety, I think this is a key that will begin to unlock the mystery of what this is saying. Verse 11. But ye say, if a man shall say to his father or his mother, it is Corban, that is to say, a gift. So he does pay in there, and he says, but if they say uh, to the mother and father, it's a gift, 
It's Corban. It's a gift by whatever thou mightest be profited by me. I think, again, this is the key to unlocking this mystery. It's a gift. This is what they say. This is out of their heart, through their mouth. A gift by whatever thou mightest be profited by me. That word me is an awful lot like the word I that we talk about sometimes. Satan, uh, uh, I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God and so forth and so on. So we got the word me, which is the same thing. But it says it's a, a gift by whatever thou mightest be profited by me. So let's look on the earthly side for a second. My earthly mother and father, again, looking strictly on the earthly side, they created me. Created Linda. So my earthly mother and father created me. If it wasn't for them, wouldn't be here. So I'm speaking purely on an earthly uh, side right now. So whatever I might have done for them, because they created me can I say that what I do and who I am is a gift to you in other words okay I've done all these things for you and I'm giving all these things for you and it's a gift you profited from me it's a gift to you I mean is that really can we really say that? If they hadn't created me, could I give them anything? And the answer is no. So they were saying, it's Corbin. That is a gift by whatever thou mightest be profited by me. Profited by me. A gift to you. They created me. How can I give a gift to them? So, what if we say to our true creator, I'm talking about God, our creator, what if we say to him, I am a gift to you? I am a prophet to you. You are, uh, uh, said, thou might, uh, it is Corbin to say, uh, what is the, that is to say, a gift of whatever thou might be profited by me. So I'm profiting to you. It's a gift. So that would be, so if I'd say that to God, I've really profited you. It's a gift. You've profited through me because of what I've done and so forth and so on. Out of my heart, through my mouth, I have not followed the commandment of God, but spoken evil, cursing doctrine. I would have said that uh, 
Well, I would have belittled him. So, can you really give God anything? Can you say, oh, you've profited by me. Can you really, truly give God anything? Well, a man on TV, I heard this, I think it was Saturday morning. He said, God's depending on you. So, God would profit from this man if he's depending on him. And, and, he, and he pulled through that God would profit. God's depending on you. Again, begging for money, which is natural. I heard another man, I've told you this many, many times. God needs me. God needs you. Point your finger at yourself. Say, God needs me. What, so he would profit from me? He's depending on me, depending on you. Those are evil words from the heart through the mouth. Belittling God. You say, well, I say, can you give God anything? You say, well, I, I can give him my tithe. Is that really true? Are you giving God anything? Are you keeping 90% of what God gave you? Can you really give God anything? Uh... Psalms 50, and we've got, we've got about three or four minutes. We might make it here. Psalms, if I don't take you side trips. Psalms 50, and uh, Psalms 50 and 7. So we'll look at Israel. Did they give God anything? So uh, Psalms 50 and 7, Hear, O my people, I will speak, O Israel, I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings uh, to have been continually before me. And he says, I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls in the mountains of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. And listen, verse 12. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and all the fullness thereof. Israel thought at times they were sustaining God. I'll give you these sacrifices. They really thought that they were a gift to God. They were sustaining God. That God was profiting from them because of all these things that they gave him. And let me close. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. So... Uh, So as we look at our text, the Pharisees, scribes, they'd say to their creator, it's a gift whatever you're profited by me.
That's, what they, that's out of their heart through their mouth. Again, they thought that they were sustaining God. So here, as far as about can we give God anything, and I, I can't remember the scripture, it says, who was first given to God, and he recompensed unto them later. We don't, uh, I know the religious world, we give to God, give to God, give to God, and he owes it to you to let you into heaven. Well, that's, that's not true. So, can we give God anything? Does God profit? Now, I'm not saying he doesn't use us as tools, because he does. But can you, can I truly give God anything? We've talked about what Hebrew says. We mentioned this morning, I believe, by him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. He said, well, okay, you're giving. Look here in First Chronicles, one of my favorite scriptures, 29. All, they were offering a, a great sacrifice here. 29, 1 Chronicles 29, 11. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. It's not mine or yours, it's his. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might. And in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee. And praise thy glorious name. And I used to have this on my screensaver at, uh, at work. And it's kind of, I need to get it back again. But it says, but who am I? But who am I? And what are my people? That we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort. So they'd offer this great sacrifice. And he says, but, but who am I? What are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? And listen to what he says. For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. Pharisees didn't. Well, the Pharisees of that age and of this age. They don't realize that. Oh, it's a gift you're profited me. How the heart through the mouth are those vile words. And so that's what our lesson is talking about. And even I've placed where it is, if you look at that, uh, earthly wisdom interpreted that. Uh, and again, out of the heart through the mouth is what defiles. And surely by man saying, well, God depends on you. That defiles that man. I'm a gift to you. I'm important to you. You need me. And they believe that. All right? I think most of them do. Out of the heart, through the mouth, is these vile words. So as we look at that uh, scripture, honor the father and mother, our creator, May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We are dismissed.